0: Hello and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Open your Bible to Acts 22, Acts 22, and let's look at the verse that we've looked at as our keynote uh, foundational Verse for this series, verse 14, then he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. So I've entitled this series, Hearing God's Voice or or Knowing God's Will and Hearing God's Voice. Knowing God's Will and Hearing God's Voice. And so we have determined that God has a plan for our lives and that he wants us to know it. Amen. Glory to God. Go with me to Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five. And look at verse number 17. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We are supposed to, to know what the will of the Lord is. We are supposed to be led by the Spirit. Remember chapter eight of Romans, the eighth chapter, go over there real quick. Romans chapter eight. And look at verse number 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And like I pointed out, that phrase, as many as, simply means all those who are That's what that means Go over to Galatians 3 Hold your place there in Romans go to Galatians chapter 3 Well I just went past it Galatians 3 and look at verse number Look at verse 10 we see this expression again. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. That simply means all, who, all those who are of the works of the law are under the curse. is that what that means? Yeah, that's what it means there. Go over to uh, verse 27 in this same chapter. Look at verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That means all of you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Is that what that means? Well, then in Romans chapter eight, it means for all those who are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. All those who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. We pointed out that that means God leads his spirit he he leads those who are of him by his spirit. All of his children. This is how he leads them, and he leads all of this, all of us this way. And he's not the, leading the world this way. He leads his children this way. Amen. Amen. So it's it it. We're supposed to know his will, and we're supposed to be led by his spirit. And if we're not on either of those, uh, uh, either of those things, it's not God's fault. Now, I know the statement, we're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God and we're supposed to know the will of God. Everybody agrees with that. Everybody will nod their head and shout hallelujah and raise their hand. But it's, 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 a, it's a point of contention everywhere in the church because people don't know the will of God. And they'll tell you, I don't know the will of God. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to discern the will of God. And what do they do? They look to circumstances. I gave the illustration of my uh, Lady that used to cut my hair in Gainesville, her daughters, you know, were, were applying for for college, and this is one particular college that her daughter wanted to go to. She made application there, and she got turned out, but she got accepted somewhere else. And so this lady told this hairdresser, told this lady, she said, "Well, I just told my daughter. See there, the Lord has closed this other this door that you wanted to go into, and He's opened this other door. That must be the will of God. That's what God's leading you." Most of the church world believes that. But that's not what the Bible says. It does not say, for all those who are led by their circumstances are the children of God. It says, all those who are led by the Spirit of God. Somebody said, yeah, but that's how the Spirit of God leads. No, it isn't. That is not how the Spirit of God leads, He doesn't lead by circumstances. I said a couple of weeks ago, even if you feel like you were led by circumstances and it appeared to turn out that it led you in the right direction, you just got lucky. I'll say this most of the time. I'll, I'll issue this disclaimer. There might be times where the Spirit of God would lead you through circumstances, but if he does, it's because he couldn't get to you any other way because you're just not sensitive to the Spirit. Because that's... Anybody can be led by circumstance. You don't have to be saved to be led by circumstances because the ebb and flow of life kicks everybody around. Anybody could try to discern what they're supposed to do by what happens to them. I try to when I when I give the illustration, you know, here of the lady, you know, that cut my hair, I try to think of other examples of people being led by their circumstances, and I honestly can't think of very many cuz I don't I'm not led by my circumstances. I haven't been led by my circumstances in decades. I'm led by the spirit and then I lead my circumstances. If my circumstances aren't conforming to what I know the will of God is, then I work on those circumstances. I say, you're gonna come on the line. You're gonna line up and and align yourself with what I know the will of God is. Too many people are affected by closed doors. If you know the will of of God, then you kick those doors open if they're not open. Amen. Amen, sometimes you have to kick doors open. Well, praise the Lord. Isn't that good news? (laughs) <laughs> so we talked about three important ways the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks but again the first thing you have to know in, in discerning God's will and hearing God's voice and how he speaks where does he speak Again, he doesn't speak out there. He speaks in here because this is where he is. In one sense, in terms of his his omnipresence, we know God is everywhere. He's in the air, he's in the trees, he's in the ground, he's in the bees, he's in everything, you know. Uh, Yes, God is everywhere. But as far as his relationship with us as his children, he's not out there, he's in here. So where would you expect to hear from God? Through a a a, a jet airplane, blasting across the sky somewhere. No, if he's he's not in that jet airplane. He's in here. Well, praise the Lord. This is where he speaks is on the inside. So we talked about the first, the number one way, the most important way. The reason this is the most important way is because it's the most common way, it's the most fundamental way, it's the most often way he will lead us is by the inward witness of his spirit. You're there in Romans chapter eight, verse number 16 says, for the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. When you accepted Christ, when you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and confessed him as Lord of your life, you were saved, you were born again. Something happened and I guarantee you, you knew it. Something in here changed. You had a witness on the inside that you didn't have a few minutes before that you were right with God, that he was your father, that you were his child. He bore witness with your spirit. As soon as you received Christ, he bore witness with your spirit that you were his son. Well, wouldn't it stand to reason that if that's the first way he dealt with you and the first way he confirmed his will and confirmed his way and his leading in your life, that he would continue to do that? Certainly he will. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. The inward witness, we talked about what it is. Uh, it's, a, it's sort of like an intuition, an inward knowing. Just an inward knowing. Uh uh, it, when, you're, when you're confronting uh, some type of decision or you're confronted with the decision on exa- exactly what way to go, which way to go, you'll get like a, 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 a sense of a go ahead in one direction or in a sense that don't go in another direction. You don't hear a voice. It's just a sense. It's, it's not a feeling in your flesh. It's a spiritual intuition. Everybody knows what intuition is. Well, that's the primary way God leads us is by our inward intuition. That's the inward witness of the spirit, praise God. Now, sometimes it can be more pronounced, almost like a, an inward alarm or, or, or warning. Uh, Paul said it best in Acts 27. We won't turn there, but you remember when he was, had been arrested and was being transported to, to Rome that uh, he was aboard a ship and he told those who were about to sail, he said, I perceive We should stay where we are and winter in this town and and not set voyage. He said, Because I perceive that this voyage is going to end in loss of the ship and its cargo and of our lives. Well, he didn't say God spoke to me. He didn't say God told me. That would be uh, uh, one way of putting it, but that's not what he said. He said, I perceive. Well, that's what the inward witness is it's an inward perception. And that's the number one way he leads. Now, the inward witness is not so spectacular. And that's what we want sometimes. We want God to send a, an airplane to write a message in the sky for us. We want us to set a, a bush on fire. We want us to, you know, we want him to do something, you know, extraordinary, spectacular, but we're, we're, we're to be led by our spirits. We're to be spiritual people So the inward witness is not so spectacular, but it is just as supernatural. Amen, because it belongs to the children of God. uh, John talked about in 1 John 2, he talked about that anointing which abides in you. Turn over there with me, uh, 1 John. 1 John, look at the second chapter and look at verse 27, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you but as the same anointing teaches you concerning how many things? All All things and is true and is not a lie and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Notice the inward witness is true and is not a lie. You can trust the inward witness of your spirit. Because as Christians, we are indwelt by the spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us, in our spirit. And so when he bears witness with our spirit, we can trust that. You have to learn to trust that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Then let's get into the second way. We just mentioned it briefly. And that's the inward voice. And we looked at this passage in 1 Kings. Turn over there with me again. 1 Kings, the 19th chapter. This is the story, of course, when Elijah was running from Jezebel, great man of God that he was. And uh, he ran and ran and, and fell down and, and uh, exhausted and, and slept. And an angel came to him and strengthened him and made him some cupcakes and... and uh, So he arose in verse eight and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, now I want you to notice because we're gonna come back to that phrase. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him. The word behold indicates something uh, extraordinary. It's an expression that means, look at this. Take take note of this. This is a notable thing. Something notable happened. The word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, That is the word of the Lord. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Now, Elijah's still in the cave. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rock in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. We can only imagine the destruction that the earthquake caused. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake of fire, we can imagine what kind of destruction and and turmoil that the fire caused. But the Lord was not in the fire. Now, it occurred to me that unless the scripture had told us, unless the writer by the Spirit, unless he had a, unless, unless he informed us that the Lord was not in the wind, we would have assumed the Lord was in the wind. I mean, it says, the Lord said, go stand at the mouth of the cave. And then it says, the Lord passed by and there was a great wind and tore the place up. We'd, and that was, if that's the end of the sentence, we would right, uh, right away think, phew, Lord, look at him. God came by and shook this place today. We see that in the 16th chapter of Acts. The Lord sent an earthquake and, and sh- shook that place. We see that in the, in the fourth chapter of Acts. There was great boldness and there was an earthquake. And, and so God can do some things like that when his, when his power shows up. But that wasn't the leading of the Lord. And in those occasions, in in Acts, that wasn't how the Lord led them anyway. That was just a manifestation of his power. We would have thought without being clued, we would have thought God was in the wind. We would have thought God was in the earthquake. We would have thought God was in the fire and God wasn't in any of them. And Elijah was not fooled by them. He stayed in in the cave. He didn't respond. He was not fooled by them. How did Elijah get it right? Elijah didn't respond to the wind, the earthquake, and the fire because he had trained himself to look to the spirit realm. He was experienced. He had trained himself not to look to the natural realm for leading. But what does it say happened? After the fire, a still small voice a delicate the margin of my bible says a delicate whispering voice have you ever heard somebody speak in a delicate whispering voice when you were in the room have you ever heard that you ever heard anybody speak have you ever known of somebody to speak in a delicate whispering voice and you didn't hear it it's, more, it's easier not to hear it than it is to hear it. Particularly when there's fire, earthquake, and rocks flying around. I'm telling you, when all hell breaks loose, only those who are skilled in hearing that gentle whispering voice will hear This is the second way God speaks. He speaks by a still, small voice, a quiet, delicate, whispering voice. I want you to notice with all of that going on, rocks flying, things burning up, the ground shaking. After all of that, there was a still, small voice and notice, and so it was, Elijah heard it. He heard it. Why did he hear He had to have been listening for it. Listen, when there's a lot of stuff going on and and you have somebody that's trying to get a message to you and you know that that they're accustomed to talking to you real quietly, your, your, your ears perk up. And you tune out, you have to tune out every other thing and you especially zone in and tune in and make yourself, you cut out, you have the best you can, you cut out all the distractions and if you have to, you get real close because you know that that person is accustomed to whispering. That's what Elijah did. He heard it because he had, he had uh, adapted his, himself. He had trained himself by the the New Testament in in the book of Hebrews talks about those who by reason of use have their senses trained to discern good and evil. By reason of use, uh, Elijah had himself trained to hear the voice of God because he knows how God speaks. Now, that's not the only way he speaks because notice before that, the behold, the word of the Lord came. That's, that's the third way. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But, but that's not what happened here. After the behold, the word of the Lord came in, in a way that you can't miss it. He speaks in this still small voice. Again, this is the second most important way. And it's, it's similar to the inward witness except that it has, it, it, that words are spoken. Notice It says that Elijah, when he heard it, he heard that voice, that delicate whispering voice. It's something that can be heard. So words are spoken. The the second most important way is the still small voice on the inside of you. And if you've trained yourself, you'll hear it. I will say many people have heard it many, many times and have run right on, headlong, and not paid attention. Because it's the reason they do is because that inward voice sounds like them. The reason it sounds like you is it is you. See, it's the Holy Spirit, but he's in your spirit and your own spirit, your own human spirit, the real you, picks up. What the Spirit is saying, and your own Spirit says it. And not with your physical ears, not with natural ears. If you heard it out here with your natural ears, everybody around you would hear it. But in here, you actually hear something spoken. It's the still small voice of your spirit, it is the voice of your conscience. Now, we know that the body has a voice, it's called feelings. Feelings. Feeling is the voice of the body. If you're, if you're driving down the road, and I know I do this sometimes, but none of you in here would ever do this. Sometimes I'm reaching back behind me when I'm driving, trying to get something out of the back seat. If, if you reach too far and hyperextend, what, what will happen? Your body will tell you. Isn't that right? Your your body has a voice, and it's called feelings. Your your soul has a voice and it's called reason. Have you ever had your, 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 your soul reason with you? Argue with you? Instruct you? The, pro, the pros, the cons, the, you know, everything about that. That's, reason is the voice of the, of the soul of man. But conscience is the voice of the spirit. Conscience is the voice of your spirit. How many of you ever had your conscience speak to you? Yeah, yeah. How many of you have, have been in a situation before and you started to do something and on the inside you, you heard, don't do that? Yeah, don't do that. I remember when I was a kid, and I don't know how old I was. I'd been saved when I was probably five or six years old, but I was older than this. And, and in our neighborhood, we had a, a man, had a couple of people that had pear trees in their backyard. And some of us boys, we decided we wanted some of those pears. And I didn't really care for pears all that much, but just the, 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 the challenge of getting the pears from across that fence where we weren't supposed to be, stealing those pears. So my friends and I, there was about three or four of us. We decided we're going to we're going to go over there and we'll get us some pears. And there was two different neighbors, not side by side, but one across the street and some, one somewhere else. We 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 wanted the pears on those trees, so so we jumped the fence. And went over and got those pears. I mean, we stuck them in our pockets, you know, had them everywhere, loaded them up in our arms, got up to the fence, threw them across the fence. One thing about pears, you can throw them on the ground. They do not bruises as easy as apples, you know. And so we'd throw them things and we climbed climb the fence and we grabbed grab those pears. But something said, don't do this. I remember that. Something on the, set, on the inside, don't steal these pears. And you know, I just went right by that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal these pears. I'm gonna be cool with the rest of the boys here. I'm gonna steal these pears. And so we got those pears, and what did we do? We ate them. We stuffed ourselves with pears. I got so sick. Oh, to this day I don't eat pears. <laughs> I don't want to talk about pears. Don't I know somebody says, I'll bring you a pear, whatever. You know, well, the joke will be on you because I won't eat it. I don't like but I mean, I got so sick. And then I remembered, I knew not to do that. Something said, don't steal those pears." Well, that's the voice. Conscience is the voice of your spirit. And we've all had our conscience speak to us. Everybody in here has. That's the still small voice. And it's the Holy Spirit giving you direction through your own spirit. And of course, if it's your spirit speaking to you, it'll sound like you. It won't sound like Steve. I mean, if you hear a voice inside you that sounds like Steve, (laughs) you need to report to the hospital pretty quick. (laughs) You need some medication. Yeah, it's gonna sound like you because it's your spirit. See, your spirit man knows things that you don't know because of of the knowledge of God that's on the inside of you people have asked the question, well, is my conscience a safe guide? It is if you're born again. If you're born again, your recreated spirit has the life and the nature of God in it and the voice of your spirit is a safe guide. Now, unsaved people, not so much so because unsaved people, their spirits might allow them to do anything. Unless they've had some, some kind of moral training, people that have grown up with no moral training, no sense of God, no sense of, of divine law or just uh, or right and wrong I mean, their, their conscience will let them do anything. We see people in our society is, has, has demonstrated. There are a lot of people like that. But even people that don't know God their spirits are still their spirits they still have a spirit and if they have been trained with biblical principles a lot of times their spirit will still speak to them in that in the sense of their conscience because everybody has a conscience well that's their training speaking to them through their spirit not really the holy spirit it's their upbringing you could put it that way they they'll that's what got me into trouble as a teenager i had upbringing but I allowed other things than my upbringing to speak into my life. And I knew not to do certain things, but I I shut that voice down and started listening to the voices around me. Well, praise the Lord, I'm the only one that's ever done that, I'm sure. (laughs) Much sorrow could be avoided if Christians would simply heed the warning of their inner man. People say, you know, I just don't know why such and such a tragedy happened to such a great Christian. Yeah, but did they listen? Did they listen? Because we've all had times when we failed to listen and it's gotten us into a lot of trouble. I talked about last week the time that I had the opportunity as a young man to travel overseas and to put in a, a very advanced a large telephone system for an entire brand new international airport. And I, I had the big head, I'm, I'm going to go do this. And, and I knew not to go, but I just ignored my inward man because I was convinced i see, I wanted to go. That's just all there was to it. I wanted to go. It was a pride thing. I had been selected and given the opportunity to do this out of You know, all of the people in my company in Jacksonville, several hundred of us, I had been given the opportunity to do it. Man, I'm gonna do this. And uh, I just, I wanted to do it so bad, I tried to convince myself. And that's what, that's the trouble you get into when you will not listen to the Spirit on the inside of your spirit and listen to your own heart talking to you. You, you, if you want to do something bad enough, you can mentally convince yourself that what you're doing is right. I mentally convinced myself that this is good. This is okay. I need to do this and God will be okay with it. Now, did I really convince myself? No, right down on the inside, I always knew it was wrong, but I shut that off completely, wouldn't listen to it. And I persuaded my mind. Well, you, we, I got into a lot of trouble because of that. It was a terrible trip. Don't go into all that, but uh, it was awful. Most of us have made decisions we would not have made if we had listened to the inner leading of our own spirit. Amen. But too often we're too busy to take time to get quiet and listen. We must learn to look to our spirits for guidance. We must develop a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit by learning to recognize the inward witness and the inward voice. Like I said, the difference between the inward witness and the inward voice is the inward witness, no words are spoken, you just have a sense, an intuition. But the inward voice, you, on the inside, the, it, it, it's not gonna be a, a, a 13 page monologue. <laughs> You'll just hear on the inside direction. And I know in my, in my personal experience, it's usually when I ask the Lord a pointed question for direction about something. And I ask him a question, expecting an answer. That's when I hear the voice of my own spirit speaking to me. And the Lord answers me that way. And I'll just hear a simple little answer. Well, if you'll keep a tender heart to the things of the inner man, those things will grow more distinct. Amen. The Bible talks about not grieving the spirit. You know the Holy Spirit's leading and the spirit can be grieved. He can if you continue to push over that and push beyond that and 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 not respond to that, not yield to that, not listen to that. The Holy Spirit will become grieved. Can he become grieved? Must can because he said don't grieve the spirit. Well, what would, what would happen? What would you think? Is, is, is the spirit angry with you if he's grieved? No. He's, to be grieved is to be sorrowful. The Holy Spirit will become sorrowful where you're concerned because he knows he's lost contact with you because you've stopped listening and it grieves his heart. He's saddened by it. And the Bible says, don't do that. Well, praying in the spirit, of course, is a major aid in developing this sensitivity to the Spirit. The more you pray in the Spirit, the more conscious of your inner man you'll become, particularly if you'll pay attention. Now, if you pray pray in the Spirit, but you're thinking about other things with your mind, you can do that. You can have your mind on all sorts of other things and just be praying in the spirit, sort of mumbling in the spirit, you know, not really paying attention. You won't grow sensitive that way. But if you'll listen here, down in here, when I say listen, I'm not saying that you're necessarily expecting to hear anything. You're just synthesizing yourself to an awareness of your inward man. The more you pray in the spirit and just focus your attention on your inward man, the more Uh, you will become aware of your inward man. Maintaining continual fellowship with the Lord by staying in an attitude of praise and prayer is essential. Praise the Lord. That's the inward voice. Those two far and away, the inward witness first, the inward voice second, those two far and away are way more Uh, common than this third way and the third way the holy the third most important way the holy spirit speaks to us as by the voice capital v voice of the holy spirit notice that in uh you're still here here in first kings so so it was when elijah heard that still small voice he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? See, that was the voice of the Lord. The Lord had already spoken to him that way. The word of the Lord came unto him again. This wasn't a still small voice because it's, it was the word suddenly indicates something startling. Something uh, uh, unusual, unexpected. Something suddenly happens, it's it's unexpected. Isn't that right? He was listening to the that still small voice, listening for it. He heard it and, and he stepped outside. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very, he said what he said before. He said, I've been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant Torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the with the sword, I alone, I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. And the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Haziel as king over Syria. Now say this about, about the inward voice. It usually doesn't have a lot of detail my experience is it doesn't have a lot of detail. the, The inward witness is just a prompting, an intuition. The inward voice is I hear my own spirit say something, but it's usually fairly short and to the point. It's just what I need. But now when you get over here into the voice of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit speaks, he speaks, this is the third way, it's a authoritative powerful voice and when the Holy Spirit speaks you you almost turn around to see who in the world said that and you realize there's nobody there I mean you don't always do that but I'm just saying it's that startling it's sudden it's unexpected it's a behold moment and when, he, when the Holy Spirit speaks in that bold, authoritative voice that shakes you, it, it, it's, it's not something that you question. It's something right then you know, and, and with it comes revelation. Notice the Lord, when he spoke to him this way, gave him specific revelation, detailed Revelation. The Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus and when you arrive, anoint Haziel as king over Syria and you shall anoint Jehu the son of Nimshi as king over Israel and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel Mahola you shall anoint as prophet in your place and it shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Haziel, Jehu will kill and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill yet I have reserved seven thousand in Israel all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him Elijah heard from God but he first heard from God in that still small voice and if he hadn't responded to that still small voice, if Elijah had allowed himself to be persuaded by circumstances, I guess the jury's out. We don't know if he'd have ever gotten this. We don't know. But the first thing that set him up for the ability to hear that strong uh, over, uh, that strong undeniable voice of the Holy Spirit is he heard that still small voice. And it's the same way with us. Amen. I've noticed this, that the Lord doesn't speak to us very often in that strong, authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit. It isn't necessary. It should let me say it this way it shouldn't be necessary. Amen. I found that he speaks. When he speaks this way to me, uh, it's something that is very important and usually or, or often I'll say often it's because there's some danger, some imminent danger of, of making a wrong turn or it's, it's something that's so important that I make take the right step. That it's, it's more important than most things in life. You know, a lot of things you can correct along the way. But there are some things, if you don't get it right, you've messed up big time. I've noticed that the Lord will speak not very often. This isn't something that's gonna happen to you very often. People that say they hear the word of the Lord and they hear the voice of God, the Holy Spirit in that strong, you know, as an everyday thing, I don't believe it. I don't believe it, I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see people hearing this every day. And uh, my experience is it doesn't happen very often. And when it does, it's because there's some kind of danger or some type of great uh, uh, assignment or I'm in trouble. Sometimes it's a rebuke. and, And it's a rebuke because I've been really rebellious and really wrong and in continuing in the direction I'm going could cause me a great deal of trouble. So I've had the Holy Spirit speak to me in that authoritative, strong voice in, in uh, an area of rebuke. And it's not fun. I've told you this story. The very first time I heard the, the, the voice of the Lord speak like that was in uh, 1974 concerning Richard Nixon. You know, he had, he had resigned uh, that morning because of the uh, uh, water, uh, Watergate, you know, uh, break in and everything that he had lied and, and, and obstructed justice and so forth. And so he had resigned that morning. And so, you know, everybody's, the, all the TVs are attuned to, you know, Air Force or, or Marine One. He's going to get on the, uh, on the helicopter and fly away. And, and so I was in a store and all of the TVs were on. In that store, it was a section of the store where they sold TVs. Every TV was turned, whatever channel it was on. That was what was on. And I'm standing there, and there was a crowd of maybe eight to ten people there. I didn't know anybody, so I was sort of by myself, in, even though I was with all these other people. But I, they didn't know me, and I didn't know them, so I was kind of, you know, in my own mind. I was looking at this, and I had been a, you know, a critic of Richard Nixon before I'd gotten saved, and uh, some of that didn't change after I got saved. I was still fairly rebellious in the political arena. And, uh, and I'm standing there thinking to myself. And the president walked out. He got on the plane, turned, waved his hand, you know, gave the victory sign. And, and, I, and I said within myself, and other people were saying this around me. I was hearing them say it and I agree. and people were saying, oh, this is a shame. This is terrible. Some people were saying, yeah, but it wasn't his fault. He just became the scapegoat for other people. And there were differences of opinion. And on the inside of me, I said, yeah, this is a shame. It's this, this dirty dog. Look what he did. And I mean, I heard the spirit of God. I'd never heard this voice before. He said, yeah, and it's your fault and the rest of the Christians because you never prayed for him. It just, it stopped me. I mean, I wasn't really moving, but it arrested me. Tears filled my eyes. I'm standing, nobody saw what was going on. They weren't looking at me, but tears filled my eyes. And I just turned around and and left that group of of strangers and went back to where I had been working in this equipment room and just sat down on a box of of supplies and just wept. I mean, there's no arguing. God had, don't be seeking that voice. (laughs) because number 1 we're not to seek voices. You have no authority. I have no authority. We have no authority to seek voices. That's that's a very dangerous thing because it opens you up to false spirits, familiar spirits and and the devil playing tricks on you and 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 deceiving you. So we have no right to to we have the right to to believe we're gonna be led by the spirit and to ask to be led by the spirit and to uh, talk to God about being led by the spirit, put our faith out for being led by the spirit. We have the right to do that, but we don't have the right to claim a voice from heaven. It's unscriptural to claim it, but it can come. I've had the spirit of God speak to me that way in, in a rebuke like this. I've had the spirit of God speak that way to me in bringing me revelation that I needed. It's, true, oh boy, it was like, it immediately put fire in me. There's something about the spirit of God when he speaks to you in that authoritative voice, unless he's correcting you, uh, that just infuses you with power and Glory. I said in my book, there's something about the Spirit of God speaking like that. I think the Holy Ghost could speak to me in that way and just recite my phone number and it'd make me shout, glory to God. I mean, it 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 just invigorates you. But it's not something that happens every day. And it's only as the Spirit wills. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Let's stop there. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We'll pick up on this. Praise God and go further. Hey, man. There's a lot that needs to be covered in this arena because because folks have a tendency to get mixed up where the leading of the Spirit is concerned and have a tendency to go on tangents. And there's there's really no need for this. There's no excuse for it. Because the Bible's really clear that we are to be led by the Spirit and the Spirit himself bears witness with us. And that's, if you understand that above everything, that's the primary, most common, most fundamental way he will ever speak. And and it's not just to you, it's to anybody. Any minister, I don't care if they're an apostle or a prophet or what, the primary way the Holy Spirit will deal and lead all believers Is by the inward witness of the Spirit. And we don't need something more spectacular because that is supernatural enough. Amen? And then if you hear things on the inside of that still small voice, that's another way. It's less common and far less common than that is that authoritative voice. But thank God he has a way of getting to us. Paul said, Do not be unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is. That encourages me because that tells me God wants me to know. And it tells me I can know. And I know that for all those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the children of God, the sons of God. Therefore, I can expect to be led by the Spirit. In everything in life where I need a leading, like I said before, I don't need a leading for everything. My wife led me to wear the tie I wore this morning. Because she said, as she was leaving the house, she stuck her head in my study. She said, I'm wearing navy and pink. Presto, navy and pink. I didn't need to be led by the Holy Spirit. So you don't need to be led by the Spirit in everything. But where the things, the things where you do need to be led by the Spirit, oh, thank God, you can count on it. He will lead you, Amen.